Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a guy named Chris Koff on the show. And you may or may not have heard of this guy, but he is in the top 1% in the world of all Caldwell Banker real estate agents. This guy is phenomenal. He's joining us from Colorado. And I'm telling you, he's got, wait till you, wait till you, just do me a favor, share this out. Let's get a bunch of people on here and wait till you hear this guy's story. It's going to blow you away. So stay with us. We've got Chris Koff coming up here in just a minute. And we are back. Let me bring Chris on. Chris, welcome hey, to the show. Ken. Hey, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's good Thank to have you. you here, man. So yeah. you're in the top 1% of all Caldwell Banker agents in the world and have been for 10 years or so. And I assume that you have to sell at least two or three houses a year to get there. <laughs> Yep, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is? I mean, how? That's a. That's got to be a lot of properties, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's. Um, you know, I'm very thankful for all the clients that I've gotten the opportunity to work with and represent. Um, I'm in a very small market, so sometimes I think about some of the accomplishments. I'm very humble with that regard, but I also you know, very thankful that I've been able to, you know, achieve what I've been able to achieve a lot of hard work and effort. And, and, um, you know, it's been, it's been great, but, um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a very small market in, um, Colorado, it's Crested Butte, Colorado, which is a small ski resort town. And, um, it's been, been super cool to be a second homeowner here and then get to move here full time and, and live and work and enjoy this beautiful place. So, you know, I started this show about five years ago, almost in one week, less than a week, six days, it'll be exactly five years that I, I started this show. Wow. And it's it's been all about helping people have a breakthrough. And I've had guests on that I'm, I'm I've asked, like, did you ever face a challenge? Like ever, like everything's just been easy for you. What the heck? No, so, you know, it's, no. it's really, it's really about it's, that's what this is about is like, Hey, this is what happened. This is how I overcame it. This is what, you know, so that's what this is about. So start with telling everybody where you were born and raised. All right. Well, um, yeah, I grew up in, in Ohio, but I was born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And um, my dad was um, worked in the industrial uh, paint uh, industry in sales and then, um, you know, in, in management. But we uh, we moved uh, from Pennsylvania to Ohio when I think I was eight or nine. But kind of an interesting story when we lived in Pennsylvania, he had a guy 
in the neighborhood that said, hey, Don, my dad's still alive and I'm going to see him uh, the end of this week. I'm super excited. Beginning of next week, he lives in Florida um, and um, 93 years old and doing great. But he had a guy that came to him in the neighborhood and said, hey, I write this column for the Allentown News about the skiing in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And I just got promoted and we're moving. Do you want to take on the column? And my dad said, well, I don't, why would I want to do that? He said, because then your family gets to ski for free because you get a press pass to go ski at all these places. And he's like, wow, that sounds like a good deal. But yeah, I'll do that. And so, you know, uh, it was a lesson to me early on about marketing, you know, like this, this, you know, he's promoting these ski areas and, and he gets a car blanche you know, opportunity to, to get the press pass. And that's how I learned to ski when I was like three and a half, four years old. And who knew wow. uh, full circle, I'd live in a ski resort area, you know, as an adult and, and get to raise where, my family. Where were you live? Were you living in PA when you started? Skiing? Yeah, we were in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at the time. And then, um, so I, from about three and a half to about eight, eight years old, you know, those, those skills stay with you, but we moved to Ohio and um, I grew up mostly in, in uh, you know, in the Ohio area. I, I really uh, was li living in Worthington, the Columbus area. Went yeah. to Ohio State and a proud uh, Buckeye. And, and Go um, Bucks. You know, super excited. I think the you know, there's a lot to be said for the Midwest. And, uh, you know, the, I, I'm very thankful to, you know, be able to be raised in that kind of an environment. I think it was a very humbling and, and um, you know, good, good values and, and great family values. And anyway, yeah. my brother, um, moved to Dallas and I moved to Dallas after, after I graduated from Ohio state with a good friend of mine and we were roommates and started in the technology industry. And, um, so it was, it was good, but my, um, my, I was a marketing major at Ohio state and, um, kind of a funny story of overcoming challenges. I, I wanted to be in technology sales and um, sales management. I knew that when I was in college um, and I took a COBOL programming class my sophomore year. And, and I had also an accounting class and a statistics class. And I was like in a marketing class. I was like, Oh my gosh, the, the I had to go to the computer lab. This was punch cards back then, you know, all this yep. stuff and, and, um, and teletype machines. And anyway, it was a, uh, I got crushed and I ended up withdrawing from that, from that class. And all the CIS majors are looking at me like, what in the hell are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I want to be in technology sales. And I thought this would be a good thing. And, and, um, but my junior year, I went back and took that class again and ended up getting a B plus and was very happy that <laughs> I was able and to do Cobol. that. I learned how to juggle and, uh, you know, manage all the things I had to get going. Right. And that was in, in COBOL programming? Yeah, it was COBOL programming Jeez. class. So, you know, I'd take, I'd done um, a Pascal and Fortran class as well. But um, anyway, I um, I was very, very thankful to, to get through that whole thing. But college was a great experience. I, I was a member of fraternity and I was a house manager and and really enjoyed um, that whole experience. And it was interesting living in a house with 120 guys because, you know, some guys are like not going to class. Some guys are, you know, doing unbelievable and, and uh, you know, yeah. really high achievers. And and you try and, you know, kind of model the way and figure out, all right, I don't want to do what those guys are doing. And, 
And then, um, you know, but I, I found my way and it was a great group of group of guys. I have a lot of great experiences from, from that for sure. So you, are you familiar with mean Mr. Mustards? Um, mean Mr. Mustard. Isn't there a, wasn't there a bar down there called mean Mr. Mustards on yeah, Ohio Papa Joe's and the Orr house and the library. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time on high street, some great, great memories. <laughs> Great, yeah, great fun, but crazy. Yeah. You know, the, the Newport. Did, did you ever music. go to the Newport? Newport, Newport Music I, Hall. I don't remember that. I don't know if that was in place when I was there. I graduated from college. I'm old. I'm, I I graduated in '84 and uh, then moved to Texas. And that's and so not that's not remember. old. But yeah, I think it was there. It's it's been there forever. Um, the Newport Music music center they yeah. had concerts and all that there but anyway so um yeah that's that's my old stomping grounds too so i didn't yeah. go to college though so i i went to I ohio know. i went down to high street but not for the yeah. same reason you were on high street but, yeah. but so 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 you went to um you, you graduated with a what was your degree in then marketing, marketing? yeah I was, marketing yeah business and yeah. and then um, you said you moved to Dallas right after that. I did. Yeah, I had a uh, my brother had gone to law school at Wake Forest, and he um, he's six years older than me, so he was about three years ahead of me moving to Dallas. And he worked for a law firm in Dallas, and I had a summer internship. I actually worked uh, for a software company um, for a summer, and then you know decided to move to Dallas and and. Um, you know, did that in 84. And I worked for a company called Lanier back before there was, you know, computers, there was this dedicated word processing systems. And Lanier yeah. had a number of different divisions. And I was in the business systems division, which was the precursor to personal computers. And then um, we got um, ended up, you know, introducing personal computers and in networking and, and a bunch of different things. And I was, a, um, you know, started as a sales guy. And then our uh, a district manager and um, was there for a number of years. And then, and then I, um, there, there was a changeover because we were really still selling proprietary technology and, and um, got acquired by a different company and um, Novell and Banyan networks were coming online. And, and um, long story short, they, they sort of had a big layoff. Uh, we got acquired by a company called Centrex out of New Jersey and laid off a bunch of people. I was a, I was a, district manager at the time. And so I had taken a Banyan um, um, certification class. So I was a Banyan certified network engineer and went to work for one of my clients two days later as a consultant and implemented the system. I had just sold them and um, as a selling manager. And, and um, anyway, that was kind of the start. I ended up working for uh, two other companies, a software company called MapInfo and then a uh, Silicon Valley-based company called Network Appliance or NetApp, which sold data storage and um, software as a hardware software solution, but really learned a lot. All in Dallas? Yeah, I was in Dallas. I was traveling a lot. Yeah. And each time, you know, in a startup company, you know, you're, everybody's kind of carrying a, a bag sort of selling and, and um, trying to help the company grow and a lot of pressure to, to perform and, and, you know, sort of make the company get off the ground, which is a hard thing. But that was, um, you know, I spent 20 plus years in the technology industry. It was a great, you know, great time and a lot of fun. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so talk about, um, cause I, I, you've been doing the real estate thing now for, for quite a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, how, wh- how did that whole transition, how, how did you go from being in technology um, right. to real estate sales? That's, that seems like a pretty big. Yeah, it was, it, it was definitely. Um, so, so in early 2000, 2003, approximately my, um, I would, I had just gotten a promotion. I was a OEM manager. We had a relationship with Hitachi data systems and they were going to be OEMing or white labeling our product as a part of their solution. And I was the OEM manager with that relationship. It was a very important relationship for the company. I was uh, going to be traveling around the world. I had a flight to go to London on Sunday. Um, on a Thursday evening, my wife Francine came to me and told me that she didn't love me anymore. She wanted divorce and uh, it was a it was a terrible situation. We had three daughters that were like three, four, and five years old at the time. Wow! And um, you know, long story short, I didn't sleep a wink that night. We, of course, were arguing and yelling, and and it was just I, I don't understand. And I went to work the next day, and I resigned my position, and I canceled my flight to London, and um, ended up taking a leave of absence from from the company. And I just felt like there's no way I could, you know, be. I mean, this was a huge step, a huge rung in my career and a very exciting uh, opportunity. Um, but I just, it didn't matter the, the, the millions of dollars of stock options and the, the income that I was generating and supporting my family if, if my family broke up and, and we right. got a divorce. So I just, um, you know, came home and I said, hey, I'm here. You know, we got to figure this out. We met with our minister. We met with you know, we started doing marriage counseling and, and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, it didn't, it really wasn't working um, at all. And one day I went and met with the marriage counselor and, you know, this was after a few months of, of, you know, meeting two or three times a week. And he just said, I'm sorry, you know, I've visited with thousands of couples and I just don't see this, it's going to go anywhere. Uh, wow. So we had another, we ended up having another session and, um, and, and somehow it came up that he thought my wife should go to AA and um, she's happy and, and she's open with me talking about that. Um, but, but long story short, she went to AA and, and committed to 90 meetings in 90 days. And, and um, that was really the beginning of, you know, the success. And I started going to Al-Anon and um, I always say, if it weren't for those programs and the 12 step program, we wouldn't be married today. But um, after about a year, we ended up renewing our vows and very thankful to say we've, we've celebrated um, 20 or 32 years of, of marriage. But uh, certainly that was a rough time, uh, rough time in our marriage for sure. My gosh. Wow. I am so, a proud member of Alcoholics Anonymous myself, as you know. So yes, um, I do some miracles do occur in, in that environment. I've, I just celebrated 20 years on August the 10th. Yeah, man. I'm congrats. Yeah. I was very, very She just got her 20 year chip as well, which is really, really cool. That's so, so yeah, that was, that was certainly a a transition and, and, you know, something I didn't anticipate and I'm like, all right, now what am I going to do? And really for, um, I started a billboard business with a partner. 
I was looking at different things and um, we started building and buying billboards and and um, real estate underneath billboards. And and this was uh, in Dallas. This was in Dallas. And and okay. so we had we ended up um, building. Uh, I don't know. We had a number of assets from from Texas to South Carolina and Oklahoma and different places. But um, it's a it was a tough business. And after about six years, seven years of that with dwindling funds, I'd invested quite a bit of money into that business. And I, I was kind of like, all right, we had a second home in Crested Butte, Colorado, and we had our home in Dallas. And I was like, Francine, we need to make a decision. You know, where are we going here? Because uh, we can't, I can't, you know, support both those things. We had uh, been really living off our investment portfolio and had dwindling funds and decided to move to Crested Butte and, and sell our house in Dallas. And um, it was, you know, I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And then on spring break, we were we were in Crested Butte, and I met with the managing broker of the Cobalt Banker office, and he said, "Look, I don't I don't hire anybody that doesn't have at least two years of experience. Is already a real estate agent." and And he kind of looked at his watch, and I said, "Well, how much time do I have?" And he he was getting ready to answer. I said, "Can I have thirty minutes?" And he said, "Okay." We sat down, and after thirty minutes, he said, "You know, all right, you 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 know, you can." be a real estate agent here, but you have to get your real estate license and I don't know how many training. So you're on your own at sink or swim. And, um, you know, wow. that was the start of my real estate. And, and this was in June of 2009, by the way, which is the height of the financial crash and the real estate oh my you know, Lord crash mercy. And major recession. So some people were wow. like, what in the hell are you doing? You know? Right. So yeah. in 2009, right at the, the, peak of the financial disaster you yeah. wow yeah that's that's crazy what made you think this is a good idea <laughs> well i just you know there's uh there's fear and there's faith right and i just yeah. i just realized um that i had faith and and i knew that uh if i took the principles that I learned in the startup technology world. And yeah. I said, I can, I can apply these things. And there, you know, that was a great um, proving ground for me individually, but also just a huge uh, learning experience. You know, we had Clayton Christensen um, innovators dilemma. I got the opportunity to have, you know, he came to our company and spoke and, you know um, there's uh, Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm was a Bible in, in our, technology world back then. And, you know, I took a lot of the books. I was actually starting uh, to read a lot of Dan Kennedy books back then as a, and, and I said, I can, I can figure this out, you know, and, and, um, you know, my wife was, <laughs> Francie was looking at me like, is this really going to work? You know, we sold our house, we moved here, you know, we're, 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 um, we're kind of, we're kind of committed at this point. So I'm like, it has to work. And, and I really, um, I really work wow. hard, you know, early on, I was listening to a lot of the talking heads in the real estate world. And it was all about cold calling and for sale by owner and expireds and soliciting and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, all right, I'd done more cold calling probably than anybody uh, in the technology world. Believe me, I'd, I'd spent a big part of my career understanding and uh, mastering yeah. that. My first job in college was actually telesales telemarketing. So, uh, but I, I soon realized that I wanted to build a business of attraction as opposed to, you know, outbound soliciting. And, you know, I kind of looked around and I said, what are other professionals? I don't see CPAs and attorneys and doctors, you know, doing soliciting and cold calling. And 
Right. And I said, I'm a professional, professional real estate agent. So I started building a business of attraction instead. And that was really the, the beginning to, to uh, my success as a real estate agent early on. So, okay. So, so talk about that. What, what, when you say attraction, what does that, what's that mean? Define that for the, for the people listening. So I, I think it's important. Um, you know, marketing is super, super important. When I showed up as a new real estate agent with Cole Banker, they were like, well, there's your desk. You know, there's a phone and an internet connection and a chair, you know, wow. have a nice day. And so I'm like, all right, well, I want to do, I got my license. I'm a, I'm a licensed real estate agent, but I didn't have any clients. So it's like, I need to do real estate stuff. What, what do I do? Well, I, I need clients before I can practice, you know, being a real estate agent. And so how am I going to, you know, find those, those clients that I want to work with? And my first transaction was a, um, a, a cabin that was like an hour and a half still in Gunnison County, but it, about an hour and a half from my house and my office. And it sold for 60,000, $65,000. I'm like, okay, I learned a lot. I had both sides of that transaction, but I really don't want to I don't want to do that anymore. I really want to <laughs> appeal to the luxury segment of my market. So what can I do to connect with those people? And first, you have to understand who you want to do business with, you know, where they are, where they're located, understanding sort of their demographics and their socioeconomic, you know, values and all that. Uh, and right. then you can start to market to them because if you have the wrong message to the, the right people, then, then that's not going to work, right? And so right. I had to really dig in and, and understand. And I started, you know, early on, Ken, I know that you have quite a technology background and building websites, but this was, you know, in, 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 uh, early on, I was, I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. I, I switched from PC to a Mac platform and, uh, part of the Apple, uh, you know, <laughs> good portfolio job was, was this thing called iWeb, right? Is there an yep. iLife portfolio? And so yeah. I'm like, all right. Well, so I started building a website using that platform. And then, you know, long story short, I'm, I'm like, all right, well, now I have a website. This is, things are going to start happening to me now. Right. <laughs> and it was, right. It was, you know, but it was crickets. I'm in the Nobody, phone book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but so it was, it wasn't until I started doing sort of content marketing and creating a market report and a newsletter and, you know, providing value, valuable information to help my clients to make informed decisions, right? That I started attracting the dream clients that I want to do business with. That was a, you know, that was a big breakthrough for me. And within three years of being uh, a new agent in my market, I was in the top 10 uh, in my market. The fourth year, I was the number one agent in my market and and broke wow. into the top 1% of all the Cobalt Banker agents in the world and have stayed there for, for the last 10 years. So it's been you know, these, these systems I proved early on. And then it's like, you know, it's just continued to, to be, um, you know, uh, you know, maintaining that, that level of, of um, ranking. And, and um, I'm very th thankful for that. So do you, uh, do you have a lot of repeat? I, I wouldn't, I mean, you can't, have, I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of repeat, is there? Yeah, so so the target demographic in my market is um, affluent second homeowners, and it was it was wow. helpful too that I had you know I'd been a second homeowner in my market, so I was yeah. sort of you know like I've been in your shoes. I understand what it's like as a second homeowner to buy and sell real estate, 
um, a lot of times we still have a lot of raw land here. So, you know, we have single family homes, of course, we have condos and, and townhomes, and then a lot of land and, and either a lot in downtown Crested Butte or, you know, a 35 acre yeah. parcel that someone wants to build their dream home, you know, that's up in, in the mountains in a, in a beautiful setting. And um, so I've kind of gone through a lot of those same things myself and with, with Francine and we had, um, you know, gone through that. So, so, you know, I just have created a lot of content that appeals to that uh, and it answers a lot of those questions. I created a couple of books the complete guide to buying your mountain dream home and the complete guide to selling your mountain Here, hold dream on, home. And hold sold. on, hold I want, I want to give you full screen. Hold those up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the complete guide uh, uh -oh. to buying your mountain dream there you home go. and the complete guide to selling your mountain dream home. And so, oh, so those, that's smart. Yeah. Those were really, uh, in fact, our, our, you know, uh, I, learned that system from Craig Duswell and Rockstar Marketing because, you know, I saw him speak at a conference here in Colorado and, and this guy was talking about being a rock star and being standing out and being an expert and authority in your market. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing all those things. I didn't really understand at the time how I had, I was kind of the cook in the kitchen or, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, just doing all the stuff. Yeah. And you know, and, and didn't realize all the, you know, the, the things that were, were really working and what I should do differently. And then, you know, then I started, um, you know, creating those two books and that really was um, a good thing as well. Cause I'd already, you know, achieved a great success, but that helped to reinforce that and um, was really a great, um, a great tool for me also. You know, I tell people all the time, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You got to write a book. Yeah. Like if you, especially if you own a business, like you should write a book. Yeah. And, yeah. and so many people have not written a book. I mean, the majority haven't. Right. And, and it's hard, it's hard about, to do. It's, yeah. it's, it's, well, now it's, you know, there's, there's tools like chat GPT that, that actually can make it really easy for you. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that I'm not suggesting you use chat GPT to write a book, um, but you could get ideas from chat GPT to write a book. But, sure. you know, I, I think that um, I, I talk about when what that because you and I know, especially if you've had to deal with alcoholism, um, which you talk, you know, you you had to deal with it, right? You may not have been yeah. the alcoholic, but you know, there's right. not a huge difference between being an alcoholic and being codependent. Cause I've been, I'm, right. I'm dual diagnosed. I I'm, I, you know, I've been through both. Um, yeah. I went to Al-Anon where wine is a verb. <laughs> That's so terrible. Um, but, but no, I, I, you know, when you're dealing with stuff like that, you're dealing with um, emotions of not feeling good enough, right? Like right. that's one of the, one of the things that most people in that, that arena deal with. Um, how did you deal with um, the imposter syndrome thing and, and writing those books? What did it do for your confidence when it came to your, your, your chosen career? Yeah. Well, 
there's a lot packed into that question, but I, I, I totally am um, so thankful uh, for the 12 step programs that are out there for people, regardless of what they're dealing with. Um, yep. AA certainly, you know, is, is an unbelievable program. And I, I went through the 12 steps in Al-Anon and, you know, when we, we, we didn't even know it, but when we moved here full time, um, there's a conference act, actually that's here every single year and has been for like, I don't know, 30 years. And so, so we've attended that every single year that we've been here as well. And, and there's a lot of wisdom in those rooms uh, about so many things about life. And, you know, I learned um, that, you know, in our, in our struggle, I mean, the stats are out there, 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And most people um, that you speak to have a family member, a friend, or an associate that's been touched by, you know, some addiction challenge. And, and so, you know, we're really speaking to the general public here. It's not like, you know, but we, I was considered an alcoholic with somebody that lived under the bridge with, you know, it was a wino. I, I didn't, you know, and, and so funny because, you know, Francine was originally like, well, I don't want to go to the group that's closest to our house because people will see me there. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I, I can relate, <laughs> you know, and she would come home and she would tell stories. And at the time we're still struggling with our, you know, the marriage counseling and trying to figure this whole yeah. thing out. And she was saying, oh, it's so there's so many funny stories. And I'm like, well, this isn't funny to me, you know, because it's not necessarily about the alcoholism it's the behavior and all the other things that you right. know, come with it and and so you got to deal with that and we we really learned that communication was super important that we needed to have a better foundation for that in our marriage and it was a yeah. great blessing you know as a father of three daughters and and uh, a husband i got a lot you know of times it was like well dad you just don't understand or you know i get that from from francine and the girls and i'm like you're right i don't understand help me understand you know so so i got to be um a lot more of a, a patient father and husband and friend and and really do a lot of introspection through through Al-Anon to really understand that it, you know it's not about me and and i need to do the best i can to support others around me you know you can't you, you know, and I thought at the time that people wouldn't and couldn't change. And then I realized and learned that how I could help people and serve people to change and that people could, you know, move from way over here to way over here. And, and um, you know, there was a lot of, of, of really great lessons in, in that whole process. I mean, I'd, I'd spent uh, years as a sales manager helping salespeople to be successful and training them and, and that. But, um, you know, this was a totally, you know, different paradigm for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and a concept that's difficult to um, <clears throat> wrap your brain around when you're, when you're codependent, um, which is what Alan on, helps solve <laughs> um but you know is is being powerless and yep. and you know because i've i've always been the kind of person is like no i've got the power and i can change this i can fix it i can I, you know and which i suffer yep. from that still there's times when i'm like hold on. I got a tool in the toolbox somewhere. I can fix this for you. And, and, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's hard to, to let go for me. 
for me, it's yeah. it's hard to let go of that and let God and 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 yeah. all of those those sayings. Yeah. Um, how how did you deal with that? How how did you deal with that? It, it's got to be well, tough. I, it was, and and it was. Um, so so that was you know in like two thousand and three. We didn't we moved to Crested Butte in two thousand nine. So we had really six years. And and you know people always say you don't just move because your problems and issues and and the things that yeah. you're dealing with will move with you. You know, just because yeah. you change yeah. the scenery doesn't mean anything's going to change. Right. right. So it right. was, uh, you know, I had a sponsor, my wife had a sponsor. Um, yeah. And so we, we had a lot of um, there's, there's great friendships that you establish and principles that you establish in, in those rooms. And we really had, had now built a very strong foundation you know, I quit drinking at the same time as Francine. And, you know, at the beginning we were like, well, what are we going to do now? Life is going to be no fun since, you know, we don't have that and, and all the things that were surrounding that. Right. And, and yep. so we, we, we went through that together and, and um, that was a really bonding experience and it was good for our family. It was good for our marriage. And, you know, we built this, this really uh, strong, you know, foundation and communication so that when we made the change, you know, in 2009, and we, you know, said, okay, we're going for it. And we're moving, you know, this is ultimately, we were going to wait until our kids graduated from high school. And we said, well, you meet so many people through your kids. And this would be a great experience for them because they were, you know, we had a country club membership, we had all of the trappings, you know, and the, the our daughters were <laughs> the tears, we were here on spring break, and we told them that we were going to, you know, we had already sold our house, and we were moving and the tears just streamed down our, their face, you know, because like, we were pulling mm. them away from their friends and, you know, all of the all of the things that we had, which were were really luxury, you know, a setting. We were you know, very fortunate and um, and acquired a lot of material things. But really, it, it got us to really understand how the life experiences and, you know, the relationships so much more important than than those material things. So when we moved, we kind of you know, we're in a different, a different spot, you know, and that was kind yeah. of the beginning of a new journey. And um, it was very exciting and, and um, also very scary at the same time to, to, you know, say, is this really gonna, is this really gonna work? Um, you know, a lot of adjustments for everybody, you know, we moved from a, a lake, we lived in Lake Highlands, and the girls were in, you know, big, big schools, 5A, 6A school, to a, wow. a Shelby, our oldest daughter, a graduating class of 22 that she moved into as a sophomore. You know, she was a cheerleader, you know, and, and they didn't have cheerleaders here. You know, she, um, you know, all of our girls had to make adjustments and um, wow. it was as Francine did as well. Yeah. And, and if you're established in your recovery community, and then you move that that's that's a huge hit too i i totally yep. get that yeah yep. yeah they call it a geographical cure <laughs> um i'm unfortunately i'm very familiar with that back when i was um drinking i i you know it's like i found out one day i was just running from myself <laughs> you know right but but you know um when you got to um, Crested Butte, though, it sounds like you, you know, I mean, and and it's not easy. I mean, you're, you you got to hit the ground running, but you don't really know a lot of people and you're reestablishing everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I, I always say, you know, as far as my real estate business, I was starting from scratch. I had no leads, no listings. Right. Um, you, you know, nobody knew me. I, I, um, I didn't know anybody. I didn't really understand, you know, this process of what am I going to do and how am I going to, you know, start my business and how can I be successful? And, and so, right. you know, I went yeah. from sort of zero to hero in a pretty short period of time. Um, the guy that was the owner broker for Coldwell Banker Mountain Properties, um, you know, said, you know, introduced me as a speaker one time and said, you know, Chris is, is you know, generate a significant market share, but at a time, you know, leveraging technology, it would have been very hard to do what he did had, had technology not been there for, for him to rely on. And so I really used that to my benefit and was an early adopter of a lot of different technology platforms. And I'm always still, you know, I'm a member of a couple of, you know, marketing and digital marketing masterminds and coaching programs. You know, I spend yeah. almost $50,000 a year investing in myself and my business. And, um, you know, I've been been able to uh, actually a number of years ago, I recruited my daughter Shelby away. She was working for Colorado Homes and Lifestyles magazine. And I, I made an offer to her and she accepted. I, and so the first thing, you know, it's like, all right, I met with Craig Duswald. He's like, well, you can help other real estate agents with the same systems that you've created. And so I brought Shelby on and this was uh, like in 2017 or 18. And, and she was, she was like, all right, dad, we need to understand what your systems are. And she said, you don't have any of these documented. I'm like, well, I just do what I do. I know what I do and I do it. And she's like, no, we gotta, we gotta break this down. And so we ended up, um, you know, she helped me to really understand what were the things that were working. Cause believe me, I've tried a lot of things that didn't work, a lot of failures, a lot of time and effort. And we, we ended up kind of distilling this down into this core set of systems. And I wrote a, a book at the time, the steps to success, which was sort of a precursor to another book that I've written um, digital niche marketing for real estate agents. And, um, you know, now we're helping um, Cobalt banker agents, other Cobalt banker agents, and we're opening it up to other agents as well to be able to help them to have the leverage technology and use proven systems to be able to attract their dream clients and stop spinning their wheels, you know, stop this crazy thing of cold calling. I always say, you know, how many people, you know, answer their phone when it's somebody on their phone that they don't know? It's like, no, that's going to voicemail, you know? So, yeah. so um, you know, being able to leverage technology and systems is, is we're, we're getting, uh, you know, we're, have a core group of uh, agents that we've implemented these systems for, for and we're, we're getting ready to scale that as well. Wow. Yeah. I know you've got a lot of great things happening. I, I have the fortune of, of knowing you and, and you, dude, you're, you're a rock star, man. I, I think, and, and, you know, you keep talking about how Craig guided you. I think that was definitely the right guidance getting you to write a couple of books and, and, and put all that together. The, the, um, so let me ask you this. And I normally wait till about the, well, we're, we're 40 minutes into this, but talk about in, in your opinion. Now the number one answer to this is fear. So if that's your opinion, you can't share that. Okay. (laughs) I'm kidding. So the, the, just, I, I want to hear you kind of expand on what do you think um, the number one thing is 
that stops people from achieving real financial success and freedom and joy and happiness. And I do believe they're, they're related because I've been on both sides, broke and homeless and wealthy and wealthy is better, um, way better. What do you think stops people from having it all, Chris? Um, you know, it's a good question. I can still remember I worked for Lanier early on and my first job out of college, I was a hundred percent commission. So that was a huge risk, a huge leap of faith. And, um, I can remember I had a Texaco. That was the first credit card. I was, you know, you got a solicitation, you know, like MasterCard and Visa, they weren't sending me, you know, any, any applications, but I got a Texaco gas card and there was a Texaco in Irving in Las Colinas. And it was like, I could go there because they had, uh, I could get a sandwich and a bag of chips and a Coke or something. And I could eat, you know, until I got enough money to be able to, you know, pay for lunch. Cause I was, I, it was tough, but um, you know, it's not always people, a lot of times think, Oh, Chris has always been successful as a coal banker agent, a global luxury agent. You know, I was, um, you know, it wasn't always that way. You know, I struggled as well before I really figured out the systems. And, and um, I think a lot of times people, as you said, it's, it's fear, but it's also, they, they, they don't put, um, they don't model the way it's really important. It's important to find people and surround yourself with others that are doing the things that you want to do. It's important to model uh, those people and, and because a lot of times we think, oh, and I'm a control freak as well. You know, you talked about, you know, the codependency in Al-Anon. And I thought originally, oh, I can yeah. fix Francine. And then, you know, her sponsor yeah. came to me one time and said, leave her alone. <laughs> you know, right. we got this, you know, right. it's like, you know, you don't need to be involved in her recovery and her program. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, you know, in fact, you need to be working on your own program a little bit more. But I, so I think, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people that can help you and guide you and then listening to what they say, because so many times people, you know, we go to conferences or we go to events and it's like, oh, I'm going to take great notes. And then you put that up on the shelf and it, you don't execute anything, right? Tony Robbins says, you know, knowledge is important, but execution and actually taking action is the difference between people that are going to, you know, do so-so or average and, and high achievers. And I yeah. always come back from a conference or something, I'm jazzed up, but I'm like, all right, I just got to go through. And I use a couple of different color highlighters and I'll go through the, the things that are super important. And then I'll go back through with a different color and circle, you know, the, the short list of things I'm actually going to implement. Because if you, if you don't implement, then, then, you know, you never, ever get there. And it's so easy to say, I'm going to do this next week because I'm busy this week. And, you know, that becomes next month and then next, you know, six months from now and it never, ever happens. Right. So I think that's, that's key. It's, it's partly fear, but it's also, you know, people that just, you know, uh, there's some people that'll take action and other people that'll, that'll say, I'll do that tomorrow. And then it just turns into inaction and, and, and they don't get the benefit of even hearing the message. Right. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I think another thing that, um, and I've been guilty of this, you know, having the opportunity to go to a conference um, before I became a speaker and before I started, you know, speaking at conferences, attending conferences, going to masterminds, being a part of something 
Um, and you, you know, I've done that where you go, you come back, you're jazzed and then you don't implement <laughs> and, and you're like, Oh, those things are just a waste of money and time. And it's, everybody's over there going rah, rah, rah. But I think that showing up is so daggone important showing up yeah. no matter over and over because it's, it's, it could be the next conference where the light bulb clicks and, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, now I get it. Now. I yeah. Get it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, for sure. It could be the up. same exact message, but what's yep. different is you're in a different place and yep. you're, you're maybe you're more open to receive it or, Maybe you've gotten hit across the head with a two by four and you're like, all right, I'm going to figure this out now. And you're now yeah. listening, you know, now you're hearing, you know, you, it was there the whole time, but you weren't listening and you were like, okay. Uh, or you, or you, you said, well, I know more and, and I'm going to do it this way. And it's like, yeah. you know, why not, why not be, stop being so pigheaded and, and say, all right, I'm going to figure out, right. I've, I'm going to, you know, figure out how artificial intelligence can help me as a real estate agent, how yeah. I can adopt, you know, that platform. You know, I've heard some unbelievable, um, you know, things about where that technology is going and what, what it's going to do to change all of our lives. And, and so that's a great example. It's like, you know, you can just say, I don't know about that, but you know, it's like, no, how do you harness that? How do you leverage it? It's just a tool in your, in your tool belt that you, you may be able to really big, have a big benefit from. So things like that, yeah. right? Staying open, staying, just stay yeah. open to, to possibilities. Yeah. I, I'll tell you um, the, the book we were talking about prior to this, wait till you read that. Jeez. Ben, yeah. Benjamin Hardy and, and, and Dan Sullivan have, but, but so, so, you know, there was a time back in ironically, Oh nine, Oh eight, Oh nine, 2010, um, when, you know, my wife and I, let's see my, it, we had just met in 2008, I think, um, our daughter was born in 2010 and, um, and, and, you know, things were, we started our first, we opened our first office. Like I had been freelancing, working from home, but we decided to open an office right? and had a handful of employees. And one day this big dude that worked for me, really big dude comes, I'm on the phone. He knocks on the door and he goes, there's some dude looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. And I'm like, you're bigger than me. Go kick his ass. What, what, what and like, what are you telling me this for? He's like, he's got it blocked with a tow truck. And I'm like, a tow. Oh no. And I had, and I'm like, Oh my God. And I go out and see everybody that working for me got paid and I didn't <laughs> and neither did the bank. And so uh, he was there to take my car for the bank. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know if you've ever tried to talk a, a, a repo guy into not taking your car, but it doesn't work. He took my car and I'm standing uh, in the parking lot with four employees or five, whatever it was watching my car drive away on the back of a tow truck. And, yeah. and I can remember at that moment, I had eight years sober, something like that. You know, I, and, and, and I'm thinking, I, first off, I was totally humiliated. My employees right. had to be thinking, 
oh great this is the end of the world we're not getting paid and I'm, right. I'm i'm just sitting there thinking what's the point of even being alive anymore like i can remember thinking like what's the point of going on like this is this 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 is it this is the end of my life right. yeah <clears throat> and you know so that all that leading up to a question if somebody called you and said dude i've tried everything i'm at the end of my rope I can't pay my bills. The electric's getting shut off. My car got repoed. Um, I, I don't know what to do. What would you say to them to help them get through to the next moment? Because I, I, I suspect you've probably been, maybe not had a repo, but you've probably been there. You've probably yeah. been at the end of your rope, not knowing which way to go. What would you say yeah. to that person? Yeah, I know. I've, I mean, you know, the story I told about my wife with Francine, you know, telling me, Hey, I want a divorce. It, would, it, it just felt like I was at the bottom of a, of a pit and I was no way I was going to climb out. I'm like, I have no, I have no experience. I don't, I don't understand, you know, what's happening and why it's happening. And this doesn't make any, make any sense. And, and it, I felt hopeless, you know, and, and, um, so, so that's, uh, you know, that's a terrible feeling, but it's, it's important if, if anybody ever feels that way to reach out to somebody else, um, you know, I had, have had people, you know, in, I've never, I never had that, that thought that crossed my mind that I was going to end it for myself. Um, my wife actually asked me that question and I said, no, but, um, you know, I, I have had friends that have, and people that I've known close to, and, you know, the most important thing is to make that call to, to reach out and yeah. to realize that, you know, we all can be a helping hand to somebody, you know, when it's just somebody to listen to and to help understand what their issue is. A lot of times when we're in it, we don't realize um, we can't see the forest for the trees. Right. And we don't we don't understand, um, yeah. you know, that there is a path to recovery, that there is a path. There is a solution. Other people, you know, have gone through this. And, and so you know, when you're in a room with like-minded people and, and whether that's in a AA or an Al-Anon meeting or it's in a mastermind meeting or it's in a, you know, at a conference uh, and, and you're talking about digital marketing and you're, you know, getting to network with all these different people, you're focused on, on um, solutions. You're focused on, you know, what other people have done to be successful. And, and it's like, wow, you know, I had never even thought of that. I'm, you know, I didn't know you know, writing a book was something that I could do, you know, I was up, you know, that was, you know, those are, those are, you know, self publishing a book. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. You know, it's like, how do I, how do you do that? You know, it is, it is hard, you know, to get through that whole process. You're right. Technology is, is out there and it's easier. There's a lot of different platforms and ways you can do that and people to help you learn the way. But I, I think the answer is, you know, to, to, um, you know, find that person that is, is extending their hand and to have faith. And then a lot of times you're going to look in a place that you didn't think for that person. And, and, um, you know, I have a Christian, you know, faith. And I believe, I believe that, you know, even though, um, you know, I went through some very challenging times that there's a reason, you know, for some of those things and the lessons that we all learn through, through the bad times and the good times, you know, but we learn so much from, bad times and failure and challenges and it really does define a lot of who we all are and and what you're going to do 
you know, how are you going to react? You know, everybody has bad things that happen to them, but it's, it's like, all right, well, what do we do now? You know, how do we figure this out? There's, there's a solution. Who can we, who can we, you know, lean on to help us to find that solution? So that's kind of a long answer to your question, but. No, it's a perfect, perfect answer. It's, it's, it's reaching out to other people. I think, you know, from, from my perspective, I've always found it difficult because I'm such a self-starter and self-sufficient. I found it very, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are probably like that, um, where it's like, I, I don't, I, I, I'll figure it out. I don't need help. I'll figure it out. Um, yep. and until, until your ass is on fire <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm, maybe I need to call that guy or that, you know, that gal and <laughs> yeah. get some guidance, you know? So, yeah. um, it's tough. It's tough to, to overcome the yeah. ego. Yeah. You know? So, wow, man. So what, where's, where's a good place for everybody to follow you? I want to put that, that up on the, do you have a website that um, I can put up on the. On yeah, the I, I, I probably too, you know, for my real estate business, um, you know, Chris cough, CB.com is. Um, Chris K O P F C C B C B. Yep. C is in Charlie, B is in boy. Yeah. com, and then um, you know f we're we're starting to and I, this is a long URL. I don't know if this will come through, um, or you can see this or not. No, can't see. Can't see. No, can. No, the green uh, screen's washing it out. Okay, so it's niche workshop, and then number four cb.com forward slash Chris. Anyway, my, my daughter Shelby and I are working with other real estate agents to help them implement these tools. We have a done for you program. Uh, we call the momentum program that helps agents. You know, a lot of agents are like, I just don't know how to set up this stuff. You know, technology can be difficult. Sometimes you, you know, you go through one, you think, oh, I got to do this one thing. And you, you think there's one door, but there's actually three. And you're like, oh, right. now I have to make a decision. You get through that door and there's a fork in the road. And you know, you got to do these four things before you can do the next thing. So set up one time setup is hard and then consistency and monthly. So we created a program where we create and do create a market report and a newsletter and a lead gen funnel system, autoresponder email sequences and help agents to create all the content to fill in the blanks. And so that they have a system and then we deliver that on a consistent basis for them every single month. So we generate the market report. We, uh, you know, generate the newsletter and the market reports part of that. We help to repurpose that on social media and on their blog. And, and so wow. it elevates their status where our kind of core uh, demographic is, is an agent that's probably in the 45 to 60 year old range that maybe feels like technology has passed them by and they're really not understanding how they can leverage social media, how they can leverage the internet, how they can right. use technology and a, a database and a list and email marketing and all these kind of things that we have um, been implementing and, and have proven that work. And now we're, we're ready to scale that with other, other um, agents as well. So yeah, reach out to me uh, individually through this website or um, through, through uh, our other systems and, and, and excited and to, I suspect that Shelby is watching. So Shelby, um, if you would 
type in the comments that link that 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 Chris was just trying to show there. Um, if you type it in the comments, I'll put that up on the screen, and and it'll also be clickable for everybody to um, that's that's watching also. So, um, but yeah, that that would be. Look, she said, yes, I'm here. I, I thought that was her because I looked down at my phone and it said, Shelby Kramer followed you. I'm like, that's got to be the same Shelby. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah. yeah, type that type that in the uh, the link in the comments if you have that, Shelby, and I'll, I'll put it up on the screen here. But, Chris, you are a rock star, my friend. There we go. Thank you, Shelby. Um, you're a rock star, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm honored to call you a friend and, and, and have met you at the turn it up event. That, that was, that was pretty cool, man. Um, that was awesome. so yeah, you've got a lot of great things happening and it sounds like, um, you're going to be able to help a lot of other agents reach, you know, similar levels that you've reached. Well, we're trying hard. You know, we have created some systems. We created this book and, um, you know, as a part of the, the workshop, it's a five-day workshop and and we have a VIP group and people can get a copy of this book uh, just for being in the workshop. They get a PDF version, but we'll send out the physical version. And it's really rewarding to be able to serve and to be able to help. You know, I say that in my real estate business as, as I feel like I'm serving my clients and helping them to make informed decisions. And then, to get on the flip side of help real estate agents and serve them to help to, you know, be able to have uh, the life of their dreams and, and achieve financially what they're hoping to achieve, to break through, uh, to get to that next level and to have that, um, you know, not just financial freedom, but freedom in their life, because there's so many ways you can leverage technology to get time back that you are doing all these manual processes that can be automated and system set up. Right. So, that's what that's what we're super excited about. You know what I, I love about you is I you talk about serving, and I know you mean serving other people, right? There's a lot of people that talk about serving that it's really just a money play. They're not actually serving anybody but themselves. Um, yeah. You are not. That's not you. I know you. That's not you. You genuinely are in this to serve other people and help them achieve the levels of success, multi-million dollar levels of success that you've achieved as a, as a real estate broker, man. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Been very, very, very fortunate and very thankful for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So everybody watching go to um, Chris Kopf, I, I see. I want to say the P. I know. I know. I'm not supposed to, but I want to. You can. But, you can say Kopf. My, my Kopf. grandmother would use, pronounce the P. Yeah, like. Oh, that. really? Like, yeah, she did. <laughs> wow. So, but go over to Chris Kopf, cb.com. That's C H R I S K O P F C B. CharlieBravo.com. For those of you listening on the podcast networks, go over, check out Chris, reach out to him. If you're a real estate agent and you want help growing your business, getting unstuck, getting to a new level, follow this guy. I mean, and that's the other thing, like you don't have to sign up today, follow him, watch what he's doing and, and 
and you know you'll probably eventually sign up and congratulations to you and your daughter how amazing is it that you get to work with your daughter that's well it's come full circle really you think about you know kind of where we were and and that some of the decisions that i made and you know it's very important a big part of my why is my family and the legacy and and getting the opportunity to work directly with shelby is really a, a just unbelievable that that i you know we're we kind of this dad daughter team to help other real estate agents and it's so been cool. very rewarding and um super cool to to get to do that and and it's a it's a blessing for sure i have a 12 year old daughter and a 17 year old daughter both of which i've offered a job to neither of which <laughs> have taken me up on it my my 12 year old's <laughs> like dad i want to go to lululemon and get these five million dollar pants and i'm like you're 12 no and she's like right what can i do to earn money i'll work i'll do i'll do chores and i'm like how about working for me you have a laptop i gave you an apple laptop how about using that and helping me and she's like no i don't want to do that right oh, uh, maybe someday yeah. right they they grow out of that right they they eventually yeah. become yeah so, um, Chris, you're awesome, man. Thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom, your your experience, strength, and hope with everybody. Um, you know, you, you've been to the bottom and and ris- risen to the top. It's it's amazing, and and I'm I'm honored that you came on today. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, and always can I. Uh, enjoy our friendship and and uh it's been great to get to know you in a business environment as well and um, yeah look forward to many many more times together yeah likewise likewise so everybody make sure you follow chris follow him everywhere on social media and check out his website and um thank you i appreciate you stay with me i'm gonna end the live stream if you haven't shared this out share it out now Appreciate all of you being here. Thank you, Chris, again. Appreciate you being here. All right. Have an awesome day. You too. See you guys.